Hey guys, you know that VHS at the end of Moon Knight this week, Tomb Busters? I uh, actually got my hands on a copy. You guys, you guys want to check it out? And watch it with me. Uh, Banner, I'm reading the back of this, and the plot makes it sound like it's pretty much a hardcore porn. And also, the title is Tomb Thruster. Really? I watched it like four times. I, I didn't catch that. Brian, I gotta ask: Can you show us on these two action figures? what the man and woman do when they have sex with each other? Yeah, of course, of course. No. Just, like, edit this so that the fans don't know. You have my word. Welcome in to the Bro for Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. This is our review of Moon Knight, episode four, titled The Tomb. And I am your host, the mayor, Jeff Hornacek, joined as always by the American hero, Nate Thurmond, and the mad scientist, Brian Banner, to review this as we do all of our television episodes using the four Bro for Squad criteria, which is the acting, our favorite scene, the story and plot, except those are flipped because I fucked up and theories and questions. <laughs> it's our show. We can do what we want. Yeah. I mean, this two weeks off from hosting. I'm coming off the IL. I'm on a pitch count. So it's like, uh, let me just get loose. My bullpen session was cut short. Forgive me. Uh, all right. Let's dive right into it because I'm sure we have a lot to say once we get to the end portion of this. And by the way, if you're listening to this, I know it's in the title, but spoilers, like I don't know why you'd listen to a review of a TV episode you haven't seen, but some sick fucks out there. So uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. Ryan, let's go to you first. Acting cast. We've actually been singing the praises of, I think, pretty much all the performers in this show all the way through. Did that hold up in episode four? Uh, or did you notice anyone dropped off? What stood out, positive or negative? Uh, May Kalamawe, uh, who plays Layla. Fan-fucking-tastic in this episode. Um, she... Looked like she was having a blast uh, kind of at the beginning of the episode. The emotions that she was able to convey and and kind of her thought process as she's hearing things happen was incredible. I I know Nate's been on her, her train for a while, uh, really, this since she came into the show. Uh, but I've, I've hopped on that train now. She She did a really, really good job, kind of stood out in a positive light to me. So one thing, I love her performance. I don't think the writers are doing her any favors because they've written the character of Layla, who I think it's irrefutable, has been the dominant female role in this movie, like others, or excuse me, the show. Others have come and gone briefly. But the way they've written her, she's really had two tasks. She's been there to nag and to bitch. And somehow she still made me like her character, even though they've basically just made her like, there to annoy the male characters in it like her main job is to bother mark or complain to him and then when arthur harrow delivers his lines to her to like roll her eyes and be upset with him so she could have come across as a really annoying and not fleshed out character but i'm actually very interested and very sympathetic to what happened to her 
I think because of how she was able to pull off the, uh, I guess the meat and potatoes that they wrote for in this, specifically that scene with Arthur. Nate, what'd you think? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think I said this on the last episode review, but um, I was excited about her like coming to the forefront. So I figured that was setting up for something like this. So I was excited to see it come to fruition and give her more of a leading role in this episode. I mean, she was a huge focal point, especially until the last uh, five to 10 minutes of, of the show. Um, but yeah, horns, like what you were saying, like um, you can sympathize with her. She has a very um, uh, fucked up past with what's coming to light um, through the past couple of episodes and, and this episode too. So you can kind of get on board with her on that. Um, but yeah, and then she really got to flex a little bit this, this episode and um, show some of her acting chops. And she had, I mean, two back-to-back emotional scenes that she killed. So um, I think it's a pretty... And two very different emotional scenes. Yeah. Which pretty, I think pretty, is really hard to do. Yeah. Pretty easy, hands-down, uh, standout performer here in this episode. Brian, anybody else for you? No, I, I'm i good. I mean, obviously, Oscar Isaac and, and Ethan Hawke, they're, they're acting their balls off. So it's it's all been great. Nate, how about you? Um, no, that's it. it. It's, it's cool. We've been singing Oscar Isaac's praises of being able to switch in and out of characters and seeing how they've done that. Um, but now not won't get into too much plot or, or story right now, but seeing Ethan Hawke get into a, a new role in his new, um, new skin to say, um, and seeing him in a, a, a new light and kind of playing into the fact that Throughout this whole season so far, you don't really know who's the villain and who's not the villain. So we're still toying with that idea and kind of bouncing around. But it was cool seeing Ethan Hawke get to um, do a little something different, too. Yeah, Ethan Hawke, uh, he's far he's lapping the field, I feel like, in this thing. Absolutely fucking unbelievable. And I just I have to say it. Oscar Isaac. I mean, this to me is just a self-serving performance. He took this role, just the fucking thespian in him. <laughs> couldn't resist. Oh, I get to play 11 different people and say light as gate is. Yeah. I think now that the reveal happened here, I'm actually a little bit disgusted that I got excited at him in this role because it's all smoke and mirrors. It's this weird fucking art house theater performance where he gets to do a one man show where he plays 11 people and it's nonsensical and a fucking animated alligator shows up. But it's a metaphor, guys. So <laughs> this is the... Oscar Isaac is so jaded from uh, X-Men Apocalypse that now this is sort of like his middle finger to the superhero fan, I feel like. So I know that's counter to what everyone else said. I'm really fucking pissed off at him. Uh, I just feel like this is the most self-serving role to take because it's so overly artsy and over the top that he's like, yeah, this it's like a Ryan Johnson script, basically. It's yeah, like, whoa. Poking Whoa. fun at the idea that you thought Oscar you thought Oscar Isaac was gonna be in a fucking superhero show, bro. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> That's what we did here. I'm angry. It's gonna get worse. Oh well, yeah, we're gonna Yeah, we're gonna I'm excited. This. this is gonna be fun. All right. Story and plot. Every website that I found this on lied because of course they couldn't reveal the quote unquote twist. Hadn't seen yeah. that since every other fucking unreliable narrator show that existed. The plot synopsis is Mark and Steven must find balance as supernatural threats ahead. Look to stop them. Nate, we'll go to you first. Um, yeah, so this one took me a little bit to marinate on. Uh, I was still super confused as I've been the whole series, especially at the very end of this. But um, for, I mean, 
we'll we'll just start off at the beginning first 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 and second act in this one um great big indiana jones vibe kind of cool um you're getting that um you're getting that huge visual when they drop into the tomb and all that and even some of the music kind of themes up with indiana jones as well but um tons of good stuff great great one-on-one dialogues um with haro and and layla and then also with um mark and her so that's kind of what we alluded to earlier in the acting but um i thought up until the third act which has grown on me um it, it was a cool adventure story great running around the the temple and everything i love the introduction of uh alexander the great that was kind of a cool tie-in as amit's last avatar and kind of ties into a little history too just thinking back oh man he dominated this whole region of of the world oh maybe it's because he had a god behind him and he had all these powers so they had, they had some <laughs> cool little t- tie-ins like that as well um but i'll leave it at that for now and then we can jump into the last part in a minute yeah it was actually cool for a while because it was like indiana jones meets the descent like i mm-hmm. love those creepy fuckers inside of the tomb that they were climbing through like to me that was an awesome marriage of like the horror elements we've been promised with this show with sort of the uh adventure aspect to it that was awesome and some of my favorite stuff <clears throat> uh what i will say and i guess i can get into this a little bit more now i think that's the time to do it uh number one to drop this quote-unquote twist on us that you know the writers you can just tell the way it's delivered and marvel thought this was going to be an oh shit moment to it to us to do it four episodes into the show is just disingenuous dishonest and to be quite frankly insulting and beyond unoriginal like there's a if you google movie set inside a character's head there's multiple lists of over 20 films that have done it and even when i saw it in those films i don't want to spoil any of those particular movies if anyone hasn't seen them but it's such an unoriginal idea that the unreliable narrator who we know is unreliable it was all inside his mind now again i don't know where they're going with it but it would have to be something absolutely that i've never conceptualized in my life for me to even be like oh that was kind of an interesting take mm-hmm. for it and i get that maybe now this character this steven and mark is set in the mcu and that might explain some of the lack of uh i guess world building or feeling like it had any of those elements but um I was losing interest as we kept going. You kind of had me back with the adventurer and the horror tropes that were tied together. But to me, this is like the lowest hanging fruit. And then it was all in his imagination. Oh, four hours in, we're going to go to that? Sorry, bro. That string's not attached to anything. I'm going to ride out the show, but at this point, I'm just hoping for some gratuitous fan service cameos. Banner, how about you? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I echo a lot of what you guys were saying. I thought that the first uh, half, maybe two-thirds of the show was probably the most fun I've had in this series so far. Um, Yeah, that adventure, treasure hunting, high stakes was just a blast. And then, like you said, Jeff, with the kind of the horror element with those creepy priest guys. um, So just really well done um, as they're navigating the tomb. Love the... uh, tie-in uh with alexander the great as well uh and then you also get some really good emotional scenes and uh good emotional character building content with the the hero and uh layla's conversation and then obviously mark and and layla uh towards the end of that 
the what what the fuck are we doing here? Like towards the end now. I mean, I, I was on the fence, but I'm I'm with you, Jeff. I think I'm I'm kind of done. I'm gonna write it out, but I'm so fucking confused. Like I shouldn't be this confused this far into the show. I, and and you know what's even more confusing is I think I still like it, but I don't know why. <laughs> I uh, again, we don't know exactly where it's going, but. Um... I think I'm at the point where this for me is the first failure for Marvel and my biggest disappointment since Iron Man three, probably. Now I didn't have as high expectations for this. That's a lot. I mean, and then the every, Oh, everyone in the asylum that, that works there are characters that he had in his made up world. Like Jesus Christ, dude, is any of this original? Like, don't I always joke that like, and then at the end of the movie, we found out it was all a dream that Keanu Reeves had. They basically <laughs> took that same concept. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think how they could even save this and have me still be interested, but I don't know. Unless Charles Xavier was across the table from him examining him. And it, <laughs> it was actually like Legion. Like if That would bring it back for you? That would be that would be cool. But I don't know. It's not going to happen. Uh, I'll just tell you that right now. We're not that yeah. lucky. I've kind of come around on it, so I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm the outlier here. Um, Good, the we first initial, initial watching, I was very confused. Um, went back... Um, like I say, kind of marinated on it. And this actually, and this sounds weird because they've introduced a whole fuck ton of stuff to think about now, but for, somehow this has actually like brought me back into it because briefly what you were saying horns a second ago is this can discredit, which it's it is kind of fucked up because it's three episodes that are almost wasted, but basically it, three and a half, three and a half, yeah, right? More than that. It, it can discredit any of the confusion that I had before if they're actually concrete in the in the uh, marvel universe now which actually we don't even know if they are because there's a few theories that i have that what the hell is actually happening but it kind of it brought me back because I, th I don't know much about moon knight but i believe he actually is in a mental hospital at one point in the comics so it kind of brings you back into like the dark broken human origin story so that whole last part of it actually weirdly brought me back in the Marvel Universe. We were like, oh, this is how he's transforming. This is how he's getting into Moon Knight. This is actually how it's happening. Even though, you, even though, regardless, you have fucked me the first three and a half episodes by confusing me of what's going on or maybe how his original or origin story did happen. Um, I know I'm, I'm kind of torn, but I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to find the silver lining, and that that's kind of where I came came to after kind of thinking about it for a while. And I think it's very fair. It's it's just a healthy discourse to have. So it's fine. We don't all have to have the same opinion. But if you're someone listening to this saying, number one, Horns, you're a hater. I mean, go back and listen to any other MCU thing we reviewed. Shit, I liked the uh, fucking Son of Ace Ventura. So, like, I don't hate everything. I don't hate most things. This is the first this thing in the, the MCU I've actively disliked. Yeah, this is uh, the first thing we've really shit on in the yeah. MCU. And I'm trying to think. I, I will. I'll save it for theories and questions, I guess. But uh, and this isn't really us shitting on it that bad. Like when we shit on stuff, we really shit on stuff. Yeah, but I mean, and actually, I got to take that back because I did not like Son of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. But <laughs> I've liked some bad sack of shit. Uh, what was most extreme primate I enjoyed? Where the uh, the monkey skis? That was a decent one. <laughs> but I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta call it how I see it. And I know the yeah. big argument back will be. Well, you don't know exactly where it's going. And I'll get into theories and questions, I think, the two ways that this can play out. 
And I don't think either of them I like. I think the problem, too, is introducing this after basically four episodes feels like, well, wh- why did you have to fucking string us along that long? It's only a six-episode series. I mean— 100%, yeah. Because we, we were wondering all the time, we don't have any background. Why don't I know this? Why don't we know this? And now we're like, oh, shit, well, we probably don't even need to know. I guess the close is actually a pretty good analogy or an analogous example in the MCU, specifically the Disney Plus shows, would be like, you know, the first two episodes of WandaVision we were frustrated by because yep. the I Love Lucy aesthetic was, we thought it, we got it pretty quickly. We were like, all right, you just overplayed it, it being an hour. Imagine if that part of the show was like five episodes long. No, that's a that's a great way of putting it because we literally didn't know what was going on in WandaVision at the beginning either. Mm-hmm. We, I would not have continued if that were the case, and I also think a lot of other people wouldn't. So we wouldn't even get to Moon Knight. Yeah, those other shows it, would have been canceled, right? There's, there's no way. In WandaVision, they started giving you a few teasers, a few cracks in her universe to kind of show you where this was going. This one had literally nothing until he woke up. And I think there's a. Like, we've talked all the time about multiple shows. Go listen to Nate and mine's reviews of True Detective Season 3. We fucking loved all the stuff we didn't know or understand yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to be spoon-fed things. I don't need Disney to be like, here comes the choo-choo, and I open my mouth, and it's like a really paint-by-numbers plot. But at a certain point, like, just because something's fucking confusing doesn't make it interesting, and that's where I'm at with this. Yeah. Like. It would be like if you're like walking through like the county fair and there's the guy doing like the cool magic tricks and then there's the dude who's like, watch, I can make my thumb disappear. Like maybe I don't know how you do the trick, but I'm walking away because that's stupid as hell. I'm not going to fucking sit here and get annoyed at it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. It's really hard, too, because the story is so confusing and and not great. We don't know what's going to happen. But yet the acting has been absolutely incredible this entire show. So it's hard to say it's bad because the performances are great and the visuals have been great, but the story is just, I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I'm just so confused. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. I'm going to get, I'll get into this real quick in theories, but there, the things that could save this show for me, and I'll, I'll admit that I am a fucking goldfish in this sense, like the bright lights will lure me in. There are a few completely like fan servicey things they could do. That would actually basically make this show uh, infallible to me. Like you could have it be the worst thing ever. But if you do these certain things in the end, I would still have a positive memory of it. But at this point, I'm going to remember this moment as a time I got really pissed off at the MCU. One of two. And Brian knows the other one. All right. Ready for best scene? Let's do it. Uh, Yeah, let's go. All right, Nate. Why don't you go first? Um, So... My best scene is probably this is a tough one. I mean, it's a short one gets right to the point. Uh, we've already mentioned it once, but uh, Leyla Haro's conversation. I mean, tough and honestly, the realization in that and what's revealed in there. I don't know if we've mentioned it before. Like it was mentioned, I think, in episode one, like briefly, <laughs> like. Mark was a mercenary or something. I don't know if it's been mentioned more than once. But I feel like that was something should have tied together. But obviously revealing that Mark was involved um, with her father's death. At that point, we don't know exactly. I mean, at this point, we still may not know. But um, it was a real touching and interesting scene because it's all 
balls to the wall for like the last five minutes. They they've got this fucking mummy thing. So I muted Brian. Oh, he was just. I was like, what? I thought he was like saying you're on mute or something. No, no, you're good. Um, Sorry, the mummy thing. Yeah, you've got this balls to the wall for like last five minutes. This mummy thing's chasing you. Um, she's on a tight wire act trying to get away from it. Um, then she finally like takes a reprieve, and during that time, they have this intimate conversation. Um, she gets reprieved physically, but emotionally she does not because then she has to go into the, all that baggage. Um, and then just that scene in of itself was great. They connected really well. They bounced off each other well. And then that set up the next one, which was another great um, scene for the whole episode. Yeah, I'll go next because mine was kind of a two-parter. The cliff scene with the creepy-ass, like, parademon, you know, yeah. blue man group guys was awesome. And I just thought the lighting, the aesthetic, we've never had like a creepy like cave close quarter. You know, like the the creepy thing about caves, and this is why the descent works so well, is there's like a – even though she's on a ledge, there's like a claustrophobic element to it also. Yeah, yeah. That just kind of yeah. skeeves you out. You're like, fuck, man. I'm like kind of trapped here. And all that stuff was awesome. Like the hand coming out of the cave was creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. And then you end it with Arthur Harrow who like has gotten to the point now where Ethan Hawke has a comfortability in this role that – He's just like screen presence is oozing out of him. When he shows up, I'm like, everyone shut up. I was in a room by myself and I yelled, <laughs> shut up. Uh, like just everything he says, I'm on. I don't know. I could just watch a whole episode of him talking, giving monologues to other characters. Yeah, he's so he's so confident in his role right now. Yeah, he's just fucking eating it. I could see him reading this script being like, oh, my God, I'm going to destroy this. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um and again, the scene with uh, that followed it was like very necessary and all set up by this. I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, have Layla and Harrow had a scene together yet? They were yeah. when she rescued Stephen from Harrow uh, at that like castle place. Okay, but yeah, not just the two of them. Very briefly, though. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so mine was the one basically leading up to that, but obviously the dialogue was like the cherry on top. It was kind yeah. of an extended scene. Brian, how about you? Okay, I had three comments. Uh, we'll start with um, just piggyback off of you. The the Sorry, real quick. Of... That sounded like a performance review for someone who's <laughs> about to get fucking chewed out. Yeah. All right, Chris, I have three comments. And none of them are good. <laughs> uh that scene where Haro and, and Layla are talking and she learns that, you know, Mark was there when her dad died. The emotion. Sorry, you guys, not to interrupt you, Brian, but since we all mentioned this, do you guys believe Mark's version of that story? Brian, you can go first. I want to. Uh, I, I, yeah, I do. I think it's total bullshit. I don't. Yeah, I want to believe it, but I don't. I I think it's bullshit. I think he was the mercenary, and he possibly had a uh, another personality as who killed them. That's what I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he kind of. It's one of those Vader or those Obi Wan moments. He's like, "You told me my father died. Like, well, Darth well, Vader, you know, kind of killed him, sort of. So, so, and I didn't really lie to you, Luke. <laughs> Have some more blue milk." Um. But uh, anyway, in that scene with Haro and Layla, the 
I absolutely loved the, you know, I don't really want to tell you, but I have to tell you like attitude or smugness that Hawk had. Um, and then the acting that uh, Kalamawe did with that, just keeping your shit together just so she doesn't look weak in front of her enemy. But you can t- tell like this is fucking her world up. Yeah, just that, that it was absolutely Harold. it was absolutely great. The scene with Hera was so great. And I think villains are their most menacing when uh, they basically give the protagonist like full control over the situation, but they know exactly how they're going to act. Cause he goes, yeah, I know the truth, but like, if you want to fucking walk away, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to force you here. I'm not going to attack you. But if you really want to know, yeah, walk back from behind that cave wall and I'll totally destroy your like world. She was like, God damn it. I need to know what happened to my dad and walked back out. Like he, she was putty in his hands at that point. Yeah. Um, next one is the scene uh, following that uh, where she confronts Stephen at the Alexander the Great's tomb. And he kind of switches into Mark that transition. Her walking in, not giving two shits about anything like, yeah, look, there's mummies and bad guys chasing me with guns and shit. I don't give a fuck. You need, we need to have this conversation right now. And that, that demanding demeanor that she had with him and that I, it doesn't, all of that shit doesn't matter. Like you're my husband. You, you can't lie to me. So tell me what's going on right now. Uh, again, just the way that this episode flowed right into that, I thought was fantastic. Last thing, uh, early on in the episode, when, Steven is talking uh, to Layla and then they kiss. Was that not the most awkward kiss ever? I'm glad you said that because in my notes, I wrote worst kiss in movie or TV history. Favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, it's it got to be great. Mark was so it was almost like uh, like the babysitter, like training the too old to babysit kid that she had, like how to kiss on like a doll. Yeah. He's like, yeah, kiss the doll. And she's like, oh, this is weird. I shouldn't be. Because he was like, oh, that's great, wasn't it? And she it was like... One she, sec, guys. Say hi. Hi. All right. Hello. That was baby banner. She had to say hi. Hello. Sorry. Continue. Always ups the ratings. No, I agree. I didn't know what to make of that because I actually felt like Layla was kind of digging Steven for a second. She's like, you look like my husband. It's cool. I can fuck you pretty yeah. much free. But also, you're like way more in touch with your emotions. Probably almost too much. Oh, but, definitely too much. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they maybe they played it off. Maybe that was the direction. Make it as awkward as possible. So maybe well, they mission it, success. Well, it didn't even look like she felt like she was cheating. It looked like she kissed him. And she was like, like she just kissed like a warthog's asshole or something. <laughs> it literally looked like she was practicing on her pillow. Yeah, that's all I had. I just I'm I'm glad I wasn't the only one that thought that was. A fucking weird kiss. Yeah, I was gonna mention it before we moved moved on because I it definitely stood out to me as like a very I don't think I've ever seen a kiss scene like that in a movie or TV show. It was a very unique it, character. It, like I don't ne- generally notice things like that, and if I noticed it, like something something. So how do you here. think she was directed? Like what did Aaron Moorhead and the other I can't name the other guy, uh, Justin Benson? What did they say to her like to have her reaction be? You think how would you describe that reaction to someone? I, it's almost like. Don't kiss him, but kiss him. Well, now you're just boogie boarding. <laughs> kiss yeah, him, but then nothing. immediately question your your life. Well, and the the entry that Stephen had into the kiss was even weird. He kind of like went down and up into. It. I don't know. Um, we're way over analyzing a kiss here, guys. 
Yeah, you're right. You this brought is what it the up. Force squad does. We analyze kisses. <sighs> All right, assholes. Best part of the review: theories and questions. Nate, lead us off. I'm sure you got something good. Um. Okay. Cool. Here we go. Um. I kind of think I know where this is going just because of internet research and things along those lines. Um, but obviously Mark, whether there's some truth behind it or not, is trying to say that he did not kill Layla's father. It was his partner or whoever was with him. Um, just because of comic comic book lore and the internet, um, this is if that is true, it's looking like this could play out to be um, Frenchy. Um, who is his real name is Jean-Paul Duchamp, mm-hmm. um, which I believe this was a name that was in his phone when he was flipping through it in like yes. the first episode. Um, fuck that. Don't care how much that probably makes sense because of the comic book and everything. Um, and I don't even know that this, this was just a harebrained idea that I had about two minutes ago while on the pod. And I don't know if the, uh, I don't know if this lines up with the timeline, but it'd be badass if they did kind of redeem themselves, tie Hawkeye in, and um, his sidekick was Ronan. That'd be fucking cool. I'll ask That'd be those. awesome. Was any of that real that we saw? <clears throat> See? I, See? I don't know. Would be awesome. Probably fake. Probably a dream. Maybe. But I still think he's in a mental hospital recovering from getting shot. So I don't know how much that was true, but I still think there's some truth to him still being in there. Um because of getting shot at some point. And it would be cool if they tie that in. Like I said, I don't think the timeline works out, but I really wish it would. And all the people looking the same. And the, I mean, honestly, we have no idea what the timeline is. And him seeing because, himself in a tomb and an alligator woman running around with makeup on. Yeah. Yeah. That part, I still think he's obviously hallucinating or there's another theory I'll get to in a minute. Okay. Brian, how about you? I just, my only question is what, what the fuck is going on? I, I still, literally that's, that's your still. one question. I think yeah. you asked that last week too. He did. Yeah. <laughs> and, like I, I'm enjoying it un, until that final, like I, I did not like anything. I enjoyed uh, it. Mine's past tense now. I, I didn't like anything, especially in this episode, uh, past him getting shot up to him. Getting shot was great. And the fucking episode right there. After that, I, I didn't like anything uh, while he was at the asylum or, or anything like that. Um, I, yeah, I have, I have literally no idea. I feel like somehow they're going to try and flip it and go, oh, no, he was dreaming that he was in an asylum, but he's really just got shot and he's laying in Alexander the Great's tomb. But yeah. he's I don't want them to go another layer. OK, so here I don't want them to inception it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so the way I see it, and then I'll get into ways they could fix it, but there's two avenues they can go with this. Both will piss me off. One to a lesser degree, though. Number one, they could do what Brian says, where he got shot, and he's in like a mini coma, and is imagining the asylum or the mental hospital, and he comes back, and everything we saw was real. If that case, that's, I think, the most clean fix to this. It's, all right, he had a weird fucking near-death dream, probably similar to when Conchu embodied him where he died before. I guess I can let that go. It can be metaphorical somehow. Oscar Isaac wanted to do weird fucking acting. Okay, that works. 
The other one, which I think is more likely, is the character we saw at the end of the asylum is still hallucinating, uh, but that is the one in the MCU proper, and everything we saw for 3.75 episodes was them just fucking with us to create this fake world. That's that's what I think is most likely, and that is the one that will piss me off more. They'll both piss me off, the second one to a greater extent, though. I'm not sure uh, what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think the latter is probably the most likely. Like, the, the the hippo lady shows up at the end because, like, he's still hallucinating. Like, he's he's in a mental ward, so he's still seeing shit. Obviously, with, like, the hallway swaying and everything rolling, mm-hmm. you kind of get that. And obviously, him seeing a, another person and people in sarcophaguses in a mental hospital. So, um, that's probably the most likely scenario. All right. How do we feel about this? What if he actually did have a partner? It doesn't matter who, some other mercenary. And that mercenary shot Mark. The reason that he didn't die is because Kanchu then became his avatar. They made that deal. Reversed. That's when the deal was made, was when his Mark's partner shot him at when Layla's dad died. Did that make sense? I thought that was established. Yeah, that was That's what happened. That's when Kanchu took took over him or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that that was like told. I'm pretty sure that's his explanation of uh, Layla's dad dying. He's saying he shot him and then he shot me and left me for dead. Don't worry, it's all fake though. But who shot him? His his partner, right? His partner, yeah. Yeah. And that's when. So we know that's when Kanchu said, "Hey, I'll save your life if you do my bidding." Or that's whatever. the running theory. Yes. Okay. See, this is the problem. I'm trying to come up with like theories, right, he's like, and it already theory- fucking happened, and I didn't even realize it. So, how good of no, a theory it was? It already happened. Yes, perfect. Okay, I have a prediction. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks will win last year's NBA championship. Brian, prove him wrong. Oh, they did. Prove him wrong, Fuck. Brian. <laughs> Nate, what else? Because the last one I have is like a two-pronged one, but they're all kind of the same. Uh, and it, it's probably not going to happen, but it's what I my dream scenario. So Nate, I'll yeah. Um, so yeah, the, one of the things that I had, and uh, this this could get really complicated if this is if this is the case. But so one of the alternate ways this could be going is. Mark is currently this whole this whole time he's been in the process of dying. So he's like in a purgatory right now. Um, so unfortunately, all of this would be hallucinations, the desert and where he's at now. Um, but that makes sense why this hippo lady who looks like she's dressed like an Egyptian god. So there may be some tie in there. Um, but he's in purgatory um, in like the same place like the other Egyptian gods are that are like being trapped in those stones like Conchu just got got mm-hmm. done to so this all revolves around him getting shot at least i think we can all agree on that he got shot at one point and now sure this scenario so that's the one part that he didn't imagine yeah maybe <laughs> um so yeah this this whole thing is like him in purgatory um but being kind of trapped in the same place that those other gods are so um that's where the the tie-in there is from 
So maybe he'll get tied back in with Conchu if that's the case. Um, and then possibly through the process of dying, he gets saved somehow. I don't know, but that's just one running theory. Um, the other one I had was pretty close to your second one. So Mine about them keep like keeping it in this timeline, the mental ward. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in the mental right, ward. He's just coping with, after being shot. So. Right. Banner, you got anything? No. Um. One. Hold on. Now I got that one. Oh, the last one. So, this was kind of uh a, a, this. The root of this theory originated in two episodes ago whenever he black or was that last episode when he blacked out and he was fighting and now we think there's a third personality that was the last episode i think that was the last, last episode. episode yeah um so yeah because both of them were like it wasn't me yeah and they're Tommy banging on the sofa <laughs> wasn't me <laughs> um so i think this sets up well and uh according to the internet there is a third personality jack lockley that also ties in somehow um but I think that's the the sarcophagus that was shaking that they didn't get to. Um, so probably in the next episode, that's when we'll be introduced to this third personality. I'm not sure how quickly it'll be revealed, if at all, that he was the guy breaking in during the fight scenes and actually killing the people. Um, but, I mean, it only makes sense. He already got Steven out of the sarcophagus. There's another one. It's probably the third guy. Cool. Yeah, we need more Oscar Isaac accents. That'd be awesome. <clears throat> All right, here's how you save this. Uh, next episode, we pick up uh, in the mental ward. Shit's going absolutely crazy. It's it's like this weird, bizarre universe. We don't know what's happening. Uh, this prism pops up from the floor. Loki comes through with the TVA, and they say we need God to, things have gotten out it. of control. We have to prune this timeline before he finds out about it. He's like, who's he? And they prune it. And Mark wakes back up in Alexander the Great's room, bleeding from his chest. And Layla says, we have to get out of here. And she, like, rushes him out of the tomb. That was a little clap, because that was good. That was that fantastic. Was, that was this, really good. And this it would is make another... Sense. At God. first, I thought you were going to say, prune the timeline, end of series, done. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you tied it back in. You went to the original timeline when they're in the desert and everything. So, it, man, that would be fantastic. Probably not going to happen, but I love it. I agree. My other one, it doesn't make sense next episode. Again, that's the problem with revealing this uh, when they did, because we have two episodes left. But it's very similar in the sense that, like, so the, the mental ward, I don't think we can stay in for two more episodes. Something else has to happen. The trippy, psychedelic shit isn't going to be able to take up another two hours of this show. But if that were the case, things could just get zany off the walls. doesn't make any sense. There's no gravity that rules that apply. Uh, And then at the very end, a portal opens up. Dr. Strange comes through and he says, this is all my fault. I'm sorry. Like this multiverse timeline has gotten out of control. And then it ends. Give me some. And then that is a, that is a Absolutely. scene in multiverse of madness where he goes to the timeline where accidentally Stephen Grant is in a mental ward and imagined his actual life, even though there is a real version that we saw in the actual tomb that lived. But because uh, Doctor Strange cast the spell for Peter Parker, he's opened up a multiverse of worlds 
some of which are fucked up, case in point, the one where sarcophaguses are in a mental ward and a hippo with lipstick is addressing Stephen Grant. And then you can pick up when he gets shot for a season two and just milk this thing. Correct. And then they can just say, well, we use that to tie into Multiverse of Madness. When really it was just a vehicle to get us to a second season. Yeah, which. Yeah, I think uh, at this think, point, I don't I, I don't think I want one. Want you say a second season? Yeah. If it continues, how it's going now. Yeah. Well, yeah, if it continues this way, I mean, they've got to let's keep Moon Knight. That's another thing. What the fuck? We haven't seen him in his suit enough. That's he, that's probably one of the biggest disappointments here. Yeah. And the shit yeah. that he, when he's in it has been fucking cool. So, no, we need we need more. And now it doesn't even appear like he's going to somehow he's going to get it back. Right. I, but I was going to say, I don't see how in the next episode he becomes Moon Knight again. I mean, we're so far away from Moon Knight, quote unquote, like this thing is devolved into something else entirely. It's not even a study of dissociative personality disorder. Now it's how many uh, fucking wigs can Oscar Isaac put on and come out and do a Southern drawl for us. Horns really hates uh, Oscar Isaacs right now. I just he kind of hates like, him in general. <laughs> it feels like it feels like he's taking like a, an advanced like theater class, and his final project was this monologue that he wrote where he's doing four different characters in one. But at the end, one imagined all the other ones. It's like, oh my god, bro, really? C plus. Man, yeah, that's yeah, passing. I really want them to yeah, tie back into the original timeline where that's the actual timeline and just the mental ward is the illusion, but I don't think that's the case. I'll be honest. I'm going into the next episode. Like The next episode is probably going to be my favorite because my expectations are so low. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you're like, oh, this you're, isn't too bad. Yeah, you're going to go into it with your arms crossed going, I'm going to hate this. And about halfway through, you're going to be like, God damn it, fucking like this. Well, next week, I'm just going to be like, all right, one more week till Doctor Strange. So just fucking whatever. What do you got? And Obi-Wan comes out soon. So limp through it. Yeah. Well, Maybe that's all I got. Banner, you out too? Yeah. I, yeah. Just, I just don't understand what the fuck we're, what's going on. Yeah. Can and I'm always Banner... confused in general. So I'm super confused now. The real over under is in Vegas. Next week, will Banner make it? Three straight weeks where his opening question and theories and questions is, what the fuck? Because <laughs> they had it set at two and a half. Plus 400, so some people are really holding that ticket open. That's good. That's good. All right, for the American hero, Nate Thurman, the mad scientist, Brian Banner, I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro 4 Squad Podcast. Thank you guys for checking us out. If you have a different opinion on Moon Knight, that's great. Let's have a discussion about it. Follow us on Twitter, at Bro 4 Squad. You can find us pretty much anywhere on the internet if you type in Bro Force Squad as three separate words. That's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. And you can find all of our content are in our squad blog, on our website, bro4squad.com. Till next time, we will see you in the tomb of Alexander the Great with the Blue Man Group. The one guy attacked. God, that'd be a fucking awesome. It's like a Vegas show right there. That actually is. But they only play for like three months. You got to book now, you know? <laughs>